the Dorky Dude Show. I'm your host, Brian Balance. And I'm Savannah. <laughs> and welcome back to the prequel Defense Force. Today, we're going to be talking about my all-time favorite movie, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. When we decided we were going to make this series, this was like the, the peak of the mountain that we were headed towards. And uh, are you pumped? I'm pumped. I'm pumped. This is really weird being on this side of it, though, not <laughs> introing the show. I'm like really uncomfortable right now. <laughs> Do you think you're uncomfortable? We're at the beginning I'm of the show driving. and I've talked already. <laughs> I'm usually the captain of the ship. And right now I'm in the back of the ship and I don't know where the heck we're going. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the back. I know where we're like going. Gripping. I just don't know how we're getting there. That's the you're, thing. You're in the back seat, and you're gripping my seat. Yeah. Like, oh, God, I hope I don't kill us. So yeah. actually... Uh, I want to first and foremost apologize. Uh, I don't know where this is going to go. Savannah's far more organized than I am, but I know this movie, so we yeah, don't talk about it. I usually have like pages of show notes that keep me on topic and just remind me of things I want to talk about. I have zero notes right now, and I told Brian to prepare notes, and he did not. He refused to. So <laughs> this is going to be really fun. Yeah, it's going to be great, guys. Trust me. I got this. <laughs> Trust yeah. me more than she does at the moment. I, all of my te all the texts that we've had back and forth have been like, so you making show notes? I was like, ah, no, we'll be fine. I think I got it. And Savannah's like, all right, I don't like this. Obviously, I trust <laughs> you if I'm allowing this to happen, but I'm still allowed to be nervous. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. Uh, I'm more nervous. Anyway, so uh, episode three came out in 2005. I was, I was nine like years old. Nine? I was, I was 13. Yeah. I would have turned 14 two months later. Did you see? You saw it in theaters, right? At nine? So here's my little story. I remember seeing this movie. This is the only prequel that I know for sure I saw in the theaters. And this was the very first midnight showing I'd ever been to in my lifetime. Um, and I went with my mom and my brother and we were all dressed up in Jedi costumes and I felt like the coolest kid in the world. We waited all night to go see the movie and I just clearly remember seeing this movie and it's the only, um, Star Wars movie that I grew up with that I remember seeing for the first time, like original trilogy. I was always around as a baby. Um, episodes one and two, I was, you know, pretty much always around. I can't remember seeing them for the first time, but this one, like, I remember the feeling in my body when I saw this movie for the first time. Um, and like how amazed I was with it. So it's probably one of my favorite Star Wars movies just for that reason alone, because I have like nostalgia and it just, I don't know. It's really cool to me that I remember that part of my life. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How many times did you see it? Um, I don't remember. I think we probably only saw it once or twice. I didn't grow up going to the movies like multiple times for the same movie. I do that now if I really like a movie, but I didn't really grow up doing that because we didn't live close to a theater. It was like 45 sure. minutes to drive to the theater, so it wasn't convenient. Um, yeah. But I just, I remember a lot of the things that happened around this movie, like the marketing promotions, Burger King toys, like... Uh, oh, yes. cereal boxes like I collected trading cards on cereal boxes and changed you know like exchanged them with my friends and I just remember so much about this movie and it's cool because when I listen to people talk about the prequels they have all these really clear fond memories of their childhood and I have memories of episode one and two but they're very different it's, it's about like a later part of my life when I watch them again whereas this one 
I remember from the moment I first saw it. So it's just really neat. There you go. I yeah. did not see it at midnight because it was a school night and my parents were like, what? But I saw the first Showtime the next day, also in a Jedi costume. Felt like the coolest kid ever. And uh, every now and then we talked. I was and the like, actual We were meant kid, to. Wait, wait, what? Yeah. What? You were number two. <sighs> You're right. You're right. You were there first. It's just, that's how this works. So yeah. I felt like the coolest kid. You actually were the coolest kid. Yeah. But I remember yeah. uh, when I went to see it in the, you know, the Lucasfilm logo, a baby started mm-hmm. crying. No. And luckily it immediately stopped. But oh, I've never good. felt I've never felt anger toward a baby before that moment. And I learned a lot about myself. Uh, a baby the- a baby cried next to me the entire time I saw The Force Awakens for the first time. Oh, and no. the baby started to cry louder as I cried when Han Solo got killed. <laughs> and it made the experience like ten times worse than it should have been. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really bad and I wanted to like punch the baby savannah Kiefer. i totally understand i didn't know but i wanted to (laughs) anyways i remember um i remember thinking i was so cool when i was nine years old and i saw revenge of the sith because some of my friends weren't allowed to see the movie because it was pg-13 oh yeah and you know we weren't 13 yet and so some of their parents were like just a little extra cautious and wanted to like see it before they showed their kids Mm -hmm. um and my mom was like, guys, we're going to see this movie. It's Star Wars. Like, I don't care. <laughs> you just <laughs> but, show up to the uh, other nine-year-olds wearing sunglasses. I've seen it. I mean, it's it's just PG-13 because of the violence and, like, graphicness of everything on Mustafar, I think. Yeah, um, and I, I had agree. grown up watching Jurassic Park and Jaws and, like, all that stuff. So it wasn't really a big deal. But Child I just play. remember thinking I was way cooler than all my other friends who were boys. Like... <laughs> All the friends that couldn't watch it were boys too. And I thought it was so funny because I was like this little girl, you know, little pigtails. And I saw Revenge of the Sith months before they ever did. They didn't watch it until it came out on DVD. What? So, yeah. Shame. For yeah. shame. So it was, uh, it was pretty great. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. I saw it nine times in theaters. It was the first wow. movie I'd seen multiple times. Uh, oh, I to this day I was like man I was I was going for 10 but at the time you know I was like 13 so I didn't have a job and my parents were like we're not paying for this again and I was like god okay yeah. nine is good nine is good and that yeah. started a tradition uh because I saw episode three nine times saw episode seven nine times uh I planned to see Rogue One nine times but ended up seeing it 22 times and then oh my gosh because that's you <laughs> that's when you had movie pass right I no, I so I got this no? ultimate ticket Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, you had yeah. something special, I remember. Oh, it was the that's best $100 was. I've ever spent. And yeah. that included, like, IMAX. It was amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. I still have the metal card with my name on it. So I saw it 22 Aww. times. And then I saw episode eight nine times as well. And then Solo, I got married and stuff, and that took all my time. So I only saw it three times, and I'm ashamed of it. But Well, and Solo wasn't in theaters as long either. Like, I really was- wanted to see it again. And by the time I was going to go see it again, it was gone. Oh, yeah. Dude, the theater near me, Solo was only in theaters for three weeks, three, four weeks. Yeah, it dropped crazy. really fast here, too, which is sad. Ridiculous. But Wait for that blue. It'll be out on DVD soon, yeah. Yeah, end of September. I'm pumped. That'll yeah. be exciting. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, lots, you, of, uh, lots of memories around episode three for me. Lots of memories. And we're just scratching the surface. 
And you have a question that you brought up the previous two episodes, and I remembered it, surprisingly. What did it mean, episode three, to you then, and what does it mean to you now? Oh, wow. Yeah, how do you I haven't even thought about that question for for this one. Yeah, how does it feel? Um, (laughs) I remember being really sad after I saw it for the first time, just because of everything that happens on Mustafar, and like... Hayden Christensen was my first little crush. You know, I thought he was so cute when I was little. And then he turned into this little burnt crisp. (laughs) And I was like, "Mm, not sure if I'm into that anymore. (laughs) Um, It's still cute, but in a different way. I think this movie meant a lot to me when I was a kid because it was probably the first piece of Star Wars content where I felt like I knew a lot about it. So when I say that, I mean, when I was younger, my brother kind of like helped introduce me to the original trilogy. And he would talk to me about the characters while we were watching the movie. And same thing with the prequels. He kind of like helped me get into it. But this one, I remember I was all in from the moment I saw it. And he didn't have to sit there and teach me about it because he was watching it for the first time too. You know what I mean? So, whereas like he was older than me. And so I think he probably went and saw episodes one and two in the theaters and then came home and told me about it. And then Mm -hmm. I didn't get to see it until later on. Um, So it, it meant a lot to me because I felt like I was actually a fan of it. And I just really had the best time talking about it with our friends. Like my brother and I had this little group of friends that we hung out with all the time when we were little and they had this really cool like treehouse fort thing and we would all go get our revenge of the sith trading cards from these cereal boxes and like be like oh who did you get this week okay i got this one who did you get and we would trade them and talk about them and uh we would also talk about the clone wars micro series at that time so that was like my first actual experience as a star wars fan um and i always talk about how the clone wars was like my thing like I was so Mm -hmm. into the Clone Wars but Revenge of the Sith really started it all and I think that's probably why I liked the Clone Wars so much is because it tied in so well um yeah it meant a lot to me as a kid and now um it's I definitely so like when I saw Revenge of the Sith I thought it was the best movie ever I was like this is the greatest movie ever made it's the coolest movie but now since we have so much other Star Wars content Um, it's definitely like not up there in my favorites, but it still means a lot to me because like I said, I have so much nostalgic memories with this movie. Um, so it's hard to describe like what it means to me now, but, um, it, it will always hold a special place in my heart because this was the first one I remember seeing. And I remember playing with the toys and collecting things. I mean, this is when I actually started getting into collecting too. I remember, having some of the action figures and stuff that were mine so yeah it's kind of hard to sum up but it still means a lot but i just remember when i was a kid it makes a lot of sense because this was like your first star wars that was yours that wasn't like given to you by someone else right and and also i think it started my sure ever-growing love of clone troopers like obviously the clone wars expanded on that in so many ways because we got to know each clone trooper and their personality and what made them different but this movie was when we saw a lot of the different ones oh, like yeah. all the different commanders and things like that um so i think that's when i 
kind of started to fall in love with them and then Clone Wars just kind of like blew it up. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you watch the micro series, the, the like three minute episodes leading up to the movie as they came out on like Cartoon Network? Do you remember? Yes, that? yes, yes, yes. Very Me much. Too. And and I remember that's when, um, b- before Revenge of the Sith was out, Grievous came out in the micro series. And exactly. I remember being in that little tree fort with my friends and we were just like, who is this guy? He's like a robot, but he's not. And like, we had like the biggest conversation trying to figure out who Grievous was. And then, you know, when Revenge of the Sith came out, we got to learn more about him. And it was like, okay. But I clearly remember talking about that. Um with my friends leading up to Revenge of the Sith because that came out prior. Same, same. I was in eighth grade when it happened, and I remember like six months prior, the cover of Star Wars Insider had General Grievous, and it just said Jedi Killer on it. And I was like, what yes. is this? Yes, and mind then, blown. I was like, what? I was like, Anakin, nobody could kill a Jedi. And then this guy's like, this guy has a ton of lightsabers from Jedi. He's killed. And I'm like, oh, snap. And then, yeah, the micro yeah. series where he killed Shaggy. Uh, craziness. Craziness. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Um, for me, uh, it is my favorite Star Wars movie to date. Um, I don't think anything will ever top it for me. What I know is a bold statement, but it, wow. like, so at the time, it was the it was the final piece that was missing, you know, and with something like that, mm-hmm. I can't imagine the pressure to have like, you know, the golden standard of a cinematic trilogy being the original trilogy and then episode one and episode two coming out and be like, all right, you have one more movie uh, to mesh these things together. You have one puzzle piece that has to fit um, perfectly. I mean, exactly. And I mean, luckily, the guy who made them is the guy who made them. So it's not like you had to take creative license and be like i think this is what the creator would have wanted uh because it was a creator doing it and that movie which we will definitely get into uh changed everything for me Uh, i love every single thing about it it was the perfect piece that made me love the original trilogy even more because it gave me all this backstory and all this all this depth that was already there but now it's even more so because i've seen it and uh, yeah that's what it meant to me then and now even more so, especially with like, uh, I mean, with George Lucas having moved on from the franchise, it's like, dude, this was his masterpiece. You know, yeah. it was the last hoorah, like, this is the cap to his perfect saga. And, uh, oh, oh, we're going to dive in. I wanted to mention one more little tidbit that I just remembered, actually. Um, I remember... Uh, before this movie came out, I think it was before the movie came out, the novelization came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember my mom bought the book and she read it. And that has always like been a little special memory to me because since my brother and I have become so interested and like invested in Star Wars fandom, uh, she doesn't typically read a lot of the books anymore because if we read about something or hear something, we tell her and we talk about it and she, you know, knows the information. Whereas like when I was little, um, she, she was like really invested in like what was going on. Right. And I don't know. I just think it's super cool. Like my mom bought this book and read it by herself just cause she was like, she's into star Wars. And that is super cool. Yeah, like a cool memory. Yeah. I have a cool mom. You do. And that's yeah. the, you know, dude, your mom is a star Wars fan. Well done. I know. It makes and sense. And she like she handmade all of our costumes to wear at 
the midnight showing. Like she what? was just so and yeah, she she's made all of our Jedi costumes. I've had Jedi costumes since I was a little kid because she has always made them in like every year she would make us a new one because, you know, we would grow and get too tall for them. Mm-hmm. And every year she would like make them even better and find better fabric to use. And I remember one time um it it may have actually been for the Revenge of the Sith uh premiere she made my brother an obi-wan costume i was just like a generic jedi Mm -hmm. uh but he wanted to be obi-wan because he kind of looks like him yeah and she put so much time and effort into finding like the right fabric that looked kind of like that gauzy texture oh yeah and she just like made him the coolest outfit and she would take us to um like different shoe stores to find like the perfect jedi shoes and uh, I remember we would be on online for hours looking for riding boots because at the time um, knee high boots weren't like the trendiest thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas now you can find them everywhere. Um, and we would like search for horse riding boots to wear like with our Jedi costumes. And she was always just like trying to make us the coolest Star Wars costumes. And so that's always special to me. And I have, I still have all those costumes too, which is neat. I, I kept all of them. That's so cool. My first Jedi yeah. costume, I when I started high school, I learned of eBay. And I was like, what <laughs> is this? And uh, yeah. I found like an international seller that had them for like, I don't, rem- I don't remember what it was. It was like $75 or something like that. And I was like, it's so expensive, mm-hmm. but we'll make it work. And it was like three yeah. times too big. So I just oh, I just wrapped no. it around myself. And I was like, this works. Oh. This works. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah, we have this pattern. It's been used probably a dozen times now. It's this really old, uh, I think it's a simplicity pattern or something. It's like a costume pattern from before uh, Revenge of the Sith came out. And now it's super hard to find that pattern, but it's basically a generic Jedi tunic. Oh, sweet. And if you find them on eBay, they're like hundreds of dollars. But she has one and we've kept it for so long because it's at the time, I don't know if they have any new ones now. They probably do. But at the time, for a, a long time, it was the only Jedi pattern that was out there. And she, like, took very good care of it. It was, like, precious in our house. It was like, where's the Jedi pattern, you know? <laughs> it was in, like, the special drawer in her sewing room. Unlocking key. Yeah. You're like, we need the templates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just because, I mean, it, they're so fragile. Like, they rip very easily. And we couldn't find another one. And now if you find one online, it's like. It's super expensive. But anyways, just cool little memories. That's amazing. It just adds to yeah. the mythos. Yeah. Dude, are you ready? Are you ready to jump in? I'm, I think I'm ready. Um, should we preface this by saying that we don't know how long this conversation is going to go, but we're going to cap it to be less than two hours. So guys, if we end up doing like... A really long conversation. This will be part one, but we're just gonna have to see where it goes. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's not we we'll we may happens. not need a part two, but even I don't know where we're going. So let's drive. <laughs> have fun <laughs> for real. Okay, so uh, you know I gotta read the crawl here, and uh, oh good, I'm gonna need some background music. Oh oh yes. Oh, I'm not good. At oh this. yes, welcome to my seat. <laughs> okay. Okay. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. Yeah. War. The Republic is crumbling under attacks by the ruthless Sith Lord, Count Dooku. There are heroes on both sides. Evil is everywhere. In a stunning move, the fiendish droid leader, General Grievous, has swept into the Republic capital and kidnapped Chancellor Palpatine, leader of the Galactic Senate. 
As the Separatist droid army attempts to flee the besieged capital with their valuable hostage, two Jedi Knights lead a desperate mission to rescue the captive Chancellor. Was that it? That was perfect. Oh, yeah, okay. we, we got this down. <laughs> that made me sweaty. <laughs> I'm like thinking in my head, what is the song? <laughs> See, you think you think uh, all the power is yeah. in the hosting. It's actually the co-hosting that's the real nerve-wracking. Yeah, thing. it's the backup that keeps the show going. <laughs> the hype man. Yeah, the hype man. That is all I'm good at. So the oh, the opening scene. Gosh. Do you remember the first time seeing those Jedi starfighters? I remember clearly. I remember like the feeling that went through my body when I first saw that. It was just like overwhelming joy just and awe because that scene is so vast you know oh, yes so you much can going see on everything yeah and there's so much going on and i just remember it was like oh my gosh hayden christensen is so cute <laughs> but i just remember um yeah i man i just remember like being blown away by that opening just because of how big it was and it was such a like bold opening oh yeah and then you get like it like the visual effects work that was done to create these starships like they're going along the republic cruisers and you're like oh this is cool yeah. uh, the music's amazing you know you got the like the drums going first and then mm -hmm. i really like oh, the, the sound music. of the jedi starfighters that's like a yeah, like wine sort of i don't know it just sounds really cool and then they go they do that little barrel roll and then oh snap there's a yeah. war going on down here yep crazy yeah lock onto a march I can't remember specifically, I'm sure they did. I'm sure the toys came out before the movie did, but I remember we had, my brother and I had the Lego sets for the Anakin and Obi-Wan Starfighters and they came with little Lego buzz droids. And I just thought they were the cutest things. Like I just <laughs> thought they were so cute. And then I saw them in the movie and I was like, oh, I don't really like these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the buzz droid center yeah. eye and you just flick it off your desk. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. looking at a toy of Obi-Wan Starfighter right now that I've had since I was a kid. That's awesome. I love it. It's That's so awesome. cool, and the wings kind of come out. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. That whole scene was great. You get the buzz droids. You get uh, the banter between Obi-Wan and Anakin, yeah. which was great. And uh, I like it. I like it a lot. I think it was shocking for me, too, uh, when I first saw this, the difference in Anakin and Obi-Wan's appearance. Oh, yeah, big difference. Because of the hair? <laughs> like... I didn't know how to feel about the long hair. I was like, ooh, I didn't know about this. And we had seen like the pr promotional images and all that too. But watching it in the movie is kind of different than seeing promo images. It just kind of like settled in. I was like, oh, I guess I have to watch him looking like this the whole time. Your, your um, reference is episode two, Anakin. Is that what I'm hearing? I guess so. I don't know. I mean, I don't really have a thing for him anymore. But when I was little, he was definitely like the thing. Yeah. Um, but obviously like Han Solo is my... Fair. I just watched he's The Fugitive precious. for the first time and I was like, what? Even oh with a beard? God. Like, dude. I know. I know. He's so great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was like not sure what to think about how they looked, but I, I thought Obi-Wan looked very polished. He did. Like, very, very Jedi Master. Exactly. Perfect beard. Suave hair. Yep. He's got it going on. Yep. Have you noticed the shields are still up? He's got great lines. <laughs> yeah and then this, this whole scene we also get a little clone wars easter egg uh because mm -hmm. oddball is in this scene yeah which is kind of cool yep and then he's yep. uh, taken out of the scene unfortunately i know but uh 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Oddball always hit That's this target. Thing- all right, show some respect. Yeah, that's those are the things that I do love about this movie and the Clone Wars is there's just so many tie-ins, like so many things that complement each other. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you can say that about every Star Wars series out there, like Rebels had tie-ins with A New Hope and also Revenge of the Sith. And I just it just makes the story so much richer because I enjoyed this movie so much as a kid. But then having the Clone Wars to kind of like back it up is just it's 10 times better. Agreed. Agreed. You know what you know what I always thought was kind of cool? Vulture droids. The idea that yeah. the droid is also a ship. Yes. Like, this is pretty cool. Those things freak me out. Quite scary. Especially when they yeah, when they like when fast. they get on their legs and just start running. You're like, "Oh god." Yep. Right. Yep. It kind of reminds me there's this dinosaur bird thing in jurassic park three oh, yeah. and for some reason it always makes me think of that that's funny the like pterodactyl thing going on yep. yeah i know, I know yeah. what you're saying i'm picking up what you're laying down yeah yep. so they get into uh they get into the invisible hand you know they get into grievous's mm-hmm. ship uh i actually really like the scene when they get in there the fact that obi-wan like jumps out of his starfighter does a little tuck and roll and starts fighting yeah i like it a lot there's something about the lightsaber effect it just looks so cool. And you can always tell the difference between like one that's actually in Star Wars and like a fan film one. I don't know what it is. It's just clean. Yeah, it's like clean. It's the clean. color looks great and just Yeah. Got just that scene in the hangar where it's a bunch of battle droids, Anakin and Obi-Wan fighting them. I was like, I'm this is so great. This is a Jedi I, being in the Clone Wars. I think the opening of this movie really confirms the fact that George knew what he was doing with all of the CGI. I think in episode two, to me personally, it felt a little overwhelming, especially like in the second half of the movie, there was like so much CGI and a lot of it uh, didn't age very well. Mm -hmm. But this movie, I believe this movie ages the best as far as the visuals and they open with so much CGI, but it's so good. Like he knew what he was doing. Totally. And, you know, the, the entire, like, space battle scene. And then even, like, you know, just Obi-Wan flipping out of his his Starfighter. That's not actually Ewan. Like, what? all of this stuff is, <laughs> you know, stunt doubles on green screen. And, you know, very few of those things are real. And it just looks so good. I agree. I really agree. And I like the, I uh, the, the thing. So the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan in Episode 3 is incredible like it's one of those things Mm -hmm. that like you know the first movie there isn't really anything there you know obi-wan sees him as like this annoying thing that's coming along their mission now and then episode two you've got like a father-son thing where obi-wan's just like correcting him the entire movie but episode three you really get the brotherhood kind of yeah the real bond like even so much as like in the elevator you know no loose wire jokes i didn't say anything yeah yeah i love i love their banter because it's not to me it's not humor that makes me cringe it's just like really good natural humor yeah and that's another thing about clone wars that they like really built on um but i i just love how they opened with that in this movie because it makes you very comfortable whereas in episode two when you first see them and they're about to go meet padme it's it's a very uncomfortable scene because anakin is nervous obi-wan is probably nervous about what anakin's gonna do you know it's just like it kind of makes you tense without even knowing it but as soon as you see them in this movie it's just very relaxed you're laughing along with them like 
it's just comfortable and you you feel that connection between them and how much has changed since we last saw them. Agreed. Definitely more bonded. And then R2 gets yeah. a great moment with some super battle droids. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I've heard some people don't. I think it's cool. What? I've never heard anybody say they didn't like that. Yeah. Some people are like, wait, he has rockets? I was like, did you see episode two? Heck like, yeah. of course you're going to use them. Yeah. R2's the best. And I like the little joke when he when Obi-Wan is uh, talking to him on the comlink. He's like, Act- activate elevator 31174. And he's like, oh, yeah. he shoves it into this little compartment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm into it. I I love that the prequels gave R2 a big personality. He had a personality in the original trilogy too mm-hmm. because of his relationship with 3PO and like you, he, he had a personality. But I like seeing him interact with humans too. Agreed. Um, like C-3PO is super sassy to begin with. So they're always <laughs> going to have that like back and forth. But I like... I really liked seeing R2 in this movie, like just messing with people. Same, same. I like it a lot. No loose wire jokes. You know, for the first like five times I watched it, I didn't know what he said there. Really? Yeah, I was like, no loose wire. What? And I was like, first, I don't know. It just didn't register on my ears. And I was like, oh, no loose wire jokes. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. And then I laughed really hard when I heard it. Just, I didn't say anything. I love it. There was a lot in this movie that went over my head the first time I watched it, just because there's so much that it's happens in this movie. Deep. It's deep. There's a lot of stuff, but I think um, that's what makes it so great is you can watch it several times and you're always catching new new things. Agreed. I've seen this movie over a hundred times and uh, every mm-hmm. time I'm like, wow, God, they just, everything. It's so good. Yeah. And then, so they, yeah. they, they take this, they take this elevator, they get to this room, Palpatine's sitting there at the end and you just get, Count Dooku, and you're like, "Oh snap!" Last time we saw that I fight, know. Dooku was uh, it was pretty serious. Anakin yeah. lost an arm. Obi Wan got cut up a little. <laughs> and I love it. Uh, we'll take them together. Just t- this time, I was just about to say yes, that, <laughs> dude. It's so good. And the fight scenes in Episode Three are some of the greatest cinematic sword fights in the history of ever. And they are the greatest. Dude, it's so good. Thanks to Nick Gillard. Thanks to Nick Gillard. And just Christopher they Lee is so best. good as Count Dooku. You know, I've been looking forward to this. Twice yes. the pride, double the fall. Like, so in control. Dooku's like, I am not worried about this whatsoever. And, and like the elegant style that he gave Dooku with the way he handles his lightsaber. Oh yeah. It's like very polished, very refined, very elegant. It's not like this hard going at it, just brute force. He's just like very cool, calm, collected. He knows his every move. Yes. And it's it's like this effortless grace he has when he's fighting. I, I love absolutely. it. Absolutely. It he is a master. He is a master duelist yeah. and swordsman and just it's so cool. The curved hill is just it just says finesse. Beautiful. You know? I remember I had uh, the like Walmart toy Same. lightsaber of, of Count Dooku. Because I remember when it came out, because at that time, uh, he was the only one with the curved lightsaber. Oh, yeah. Ventress wasn't really a thing yet, because I think I got that lightsaber when episode two came out. Same. Um, and <laughs> this is really funny. Uh, skipping forward a little bit, mm-hmm. when, uh, when Dooku gets his head cut off. Why are you laughing? Uh, <laughs> I literally thought that was the coolest thing that has ever happened in a Star Wars movie. (laughs) And after this movie came out on DVD, my brother and I would watch it at home all the time and we would, we would act out the fight sequences. We would, we would act out the Mustafar battle. I was always Anakin. He was Obi-Wan. You know, for some reason I was always Anakin in these situations. I don't know why. I think it's just because he really liked Obi-Wan. You know, I, I liked Anakin 
and anyways, <laughs> when we when we were watching the movies, acting all this stuff out, <laughs> he was always Dooku and I was Anakin and I would always pretend to like chop his head off. <laughs> and he would like fall on the carpet in our living room and my mom would just walk by and be like, they're at it again. Like, I don't know why, but we just loved acting that scene out. Um, oh. I just, <laughs> it's just so funny to me. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, just this little nine-year-old girl trying to cut her brother's head off. And just loving it. <laughs> yeah, just like enjoying every bit of it. <laughs> I shouldn't. It's not the Jedi way. Oh, who am I kidding? <laughs> I, I would never even say that line. I just skip to it. <laughs> you know, I'm learning a lot about you this episode. <laughs> yeah, we, my brother and I did the same thing because I, I studied kendo for almost 10 years and my brother did well. Uh-huh. And when we learned to actually like use a sword and whatnot, we would do the exact same thing and like reenact the Mustafar mm-hmm. battle, like the entire scene, because I have this movie memorized. Oh, same. And, so, and we knew like all the dialogue. Yeah, like it, we, we would pretend that teddy bear is Padme and I'd throw her <laughs> across the room. <laughs> we were like, I remember we would spend afternoons watching episode three, like keep pressing pause and frame by frame, like learn the exact movements and how many steps they were doing it and like recreate it. Same. That's amazing. Same. Okay. A lot of time. It is <laughs> worth it. <laughs> yep totally worth it yeah so the this this fight happens uh obi-wan gets knocked out definitely hurt uh hitting that railing on the way down and dooku's like and also let's throw it on him uh then anakin we have this moment you know where they're locked up and he's like you know you have hate you have anger uh but you don't use them and then anakin's like oh yeah and then they have this little fight mm-hmm. thing, and it's pretty crazy. And then he cuts his hands off, which is like, oh wow, this is the this is. The I movie. love that part too. It's such a badass yeah. move. It's like, good I lord! Know. And then you know, Dooku falls down. You get this moment, the meme, do it. <laughs> and well, there was some old EU stuff about this where uh, the moment where Palpatine tells him to kill him, and Dooku looks at Palpatine, and he's like, what? Like, sh- like total shock. Uh, in the old EU, they had a thing where. Dooku and Palpatine had this plan growing up where he was like, all right, you're going to fight him. If you start to lose, I'll jump in. And so yeah. Dooku was like, oh, I'm totally cool because the Dark Lord of the Sith is sitting right there. They don't even know. There's no way I'm going to lose because even if I start losing, he's going to jump in. So when Palpatine yeah. tells Anakin to kill him, there's this like moment of super betrayal. He's like, what? And then uh, well, yeah. he cuts his head off. It's pretty intense. It's pretty intense. Best part of the movie. <laughs> Crazy. Cuts his hands off first. That's so gnarly. I love that. So badass. What are you going to do now without your hands? Nothing is the answer. You're going to get your head cut off. I like I like this part in the movie. Like I like how early it is in the movie because it just shows Steph is going to get real. Oh, yeah. Because I think... You know, episodes one and two had some slow parts. You kind of took took you a little bit to get into the action. Episode two had like that uh, chase with Zam Wessel pretty early on in the movie. But, mm-hmm. you know, Zam was a new character, so her death wasn't as impactful as like, okay, Dooku, we've hated you now for like a whole movie. Right. We're ready for you to die. Ooh, it's so great. You know, like the payoff is there. And it, it just like raises the stakes so high in this movie. And it also shows, I love how uh, Palpatine is just sitting there through the whole thing because he is the ultimate puppet master. And he's just sitting there watching his little future puppet do his bidding, not even knowing really what he's doing. Oh yeah. Um, oh, it's just so good. And and he doesn't give a crap about Dooku. And if he dies, like he knows it's a necessary thing that has to happen. And 
his eyes are just on Anakin and just feeding off of his emotions. Oh, yeah. There's even a part when, like, he gets kicked and Palpatine's like, yeah. You know, he's, like, cheering him on. You're like, oh, man. (laughs) Intense. Intense. But Obi-Wan gets knocked out and Anakin's like, all right, we got to get him. And Palpatine's like, leave him. I will never make it. You're like, what? Hold on a second. Yeah, and then Anakin, you know, is awesome yeah. at the beginning of Episode Three. So he's like, his fate will be the same. His as fate ours. will be the same. Yeah, as ours. love it. And then Obi Wan. I think this back. is the one movie I can quote pretty accurately. Actually, I'm not good yes. at quoting movies, but this one, I think I know the most. That's lines. what I'm talking about. Get ready for the layups yeah. this episode. <laughs> yeah. So they're going. They're going down the elevator, and then we meet Grievous. And what did yeah. you think of Grievous having the the lead up to him when you first saw him? I remember uh, loving his voice. Like, it's such a dumb thing. But I loved, like, the gruffness of his voice. Uh, And I was still very, like, confused as to what he was. Uh, It wasn't until when when we're on Utapal, I kind of, like, understood what was going on. And he had organs inside of him. And, yeah. So I was still really confused, but I liked him. Uh, but I was way digging the Magna Guards. Yeah. Like I was so focused on the Magna Guards that Grievous didn't even register in my mind for a while after I saw them. I thought they were so cool. Um, but I remember I just really liked his voice. And I think that's one of the best things about his character is like the style that they brought to him because they could have made him sound too mm-hmm. robotic. It's kind of that fine line with Cad Bane too. Like Cad Bane has a very like texturized yep. kind of voice um and i like that and i i just i really appreciate the work and the design that went into grievous's voice because it totally makes his mm-hmm. character um and that was the one thing that like really stood out to me and i think it wasn't until later on in that movie when i um wasn't so shocked by grievous because i was still confused and like trying to figure out what he was and then once we figured out what he was i was like oh okay um but like with his introduction i was just like oh he looks so cool like in real life you know because the animation style from the micro series was just very clean crisp zero mm-hmm. detail as far as textures and stuff and i remember uh there's like some close-up scenes of his eyes and and whatnot and they just did a really good job I agree. on him that would killed it i love his voice and the yeah. lead up with yeah. the micro series the fact that he's coughing and everything because Mace Windu like crushed his lungs. Yes. So the whole movie I was thinking yes. about that, I was like, that is such a cool thing to do. And then, you know, they recommend it. And I think, um, I know there were people that I talked to, like friends of mine that were casual Star Wars fans and they, they saw the movie, but they hadn't seen the the micro series and they were like, why is he always coughing? And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> you don't understand. You call yourself a fan? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah. I did, that was so cool. The whole like, the Grievous grabs Palpatine and as he's walking up the ramp, Mace Windu, like last ditch effort, breaks his chest cavity and you're like, oh, snap. And yeah. then the whole movie did that. And that's why yeah. when they kind of retconned it for Clone Wars, I was like, oh, man, but that's okay. I know. Little things, little I things. know. So, yeah. It's okay. That's we right. R2 it. gives a great distraction here. And I, I love the banter between yeah. Grievous and Anakin. You know. <laughs> you're that's sure right. I expected. That's right. And then the fight. And then that that also adds to the ridiculous like mouse chase of events in the clone wars where grievous and anakin oh could not see God, each other like right? anakin could not see grievous 
And they went through so many stupid loopholes. And I remember there was an episode with like, that's I think the one Captain I was about Powerful to say. Yep. And <laughs> yeah. And I remember seeing the preview for it the week prior to it coming out. Cause it, you know, after the, that episode that week, they would show like a little mm-hmm. preview of the next one. And they showed Anakin being held up by droids facing Grievous, but we couldn't see his face. We could see his back. And I was like, no, they're gonna ruin that in episode three. What the heck? And I remember like everyone online being up in arms, like in the Clone Wars fandom about that. And then it turns out he was like unconscious and didn't yep. actually see Grievous. <laughs> so it was fine. But there were a few instances where they went through and had to like come up with some dumb reason why they didn't actually see each so other. Ridiculous. And it's just so yeah, funny that, to me. I always think of that episode yeah. as well. That particular one is like, oh, he was he was unconscious. That's just what we're going to do here. Yeah, <laughs> he's unconscious. Uh, I think there was another one in one of the episodes that was never finished. Uh, but we saw like the early animation for it. And it was... Uh, I can't remember what Anakin and Obi-Wan were near. Maybe a speeder or some sort of like big moving structure. I don't know what it was, but Grievous could see them. Anakin was on the other side of the structure, but Obi-Wan saw Grievous and Anakin didn't. And they were like walking behind this little vehicle or something. I can't remember what it was, but it was just really dumb. (laughs) I just, I don't know. I would have loved to have been in like Dave Filoni in George's office when George is telling Dave, okay, well, they can't see each other because, you know, that would mess up this part in episode three. And Dave is just like, okay, I'll make him unconscious. <laughs> That'll do. Like... That'll do. <laughs> yeah. There were, yeah. uh, I really yeah. like the battle droids in the cockpit of the invisible hand because yeah. <laughs> after Anakin and Obi-Wan get free, one of them's like run and just, starts like... <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Their humor Agreed. is good too. And it's it's like the perfect fine line. It is a little kitty at times, but when I was a kid, I just re- really appreciated it. And to this day, it doesn't make me cringe. Like I, I still think it's kind of Agreed. funny. It's a, that's the thing. Episode yeah. three, like you said before, it it does humor perfectly. It's just enough, you know. And it's it's in the beginning because it's exactly. so balanced. You know, there's not very much humor at the end because it's so serious. But it, this lightheartedness has to happen so that the ending has so much more weight to it and seriousness. And that's why I know a lot of people don't like the humor in the prequels, but kind of has to happen because you have to have the happy fun times to understand how bad the dark times are. You gotta have some kind of uh, balance there because otherwise you're like, I'm just really bummed out. There was no relief in there. Right. And there's like no tension in in this part of the movie. It's it's just like you know they're gonna get away. You know they'll be fine because there's a whole movie to watch and he, the jokes and stuff don't really bother you. If they were to throw a joke like that in a really high tension scene, it would be so totally. uncomfortable. Like it would just not be good. So it it fits absolutely in the agreed. Of this movie. And this also like uh, my friend Dave and I we were watching the Clone Wars and reviewing it for a bit uh, before we got too busy and. Um, we used to make this joke that Grievous will always run no matter what. Like if you're in a ship and they're yes. like, one of the escape yes. pods uh, just jettisoned. He goes, there's an electrical problem. I'm out. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. It yep. doesn't even have to be the ship is going down. He just dips. He's gone. He's bouncing. And this one was like, oh yeah, you're in the cockpit. <laughs> yep. Well, take this. Breaks the windshield. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yep. Grievous. Bye. <laughs> I think... Um, I think I could be wrong, but when Grievous is like climbing the outside of that ship, you know, 
I remember in season one of the Clone Wars, they showed Plo Koon outside of the ship. And I can't remember if it was Dave Filoni or George, probably Dave. I think Dave was like, well, why, why uh, can he be outside of the ship and be okay? And I think George like kind of related it to Grievous. You know, he had these like human organs and stuff, but he had a fake basically like sure. respiratory system on like his face. And so as Plo Koon had that mask over his mouth and stuff too, I guess it made it okay for him to be out in space without sure. suffocating and dying. But uh, I think I, I think it was George like referenced Grievous and was like, well, Grievous can do it. Yeah. So like, gonna... That's awesome. It's fine. So cool. And then yeah. you get that shot when he gets back into the ship and his cape gets stuck on the end and you just see his body and you're like, oh, what? This is yes. nuts. I know. Abandoned ship. That's so good. And then uh, for the billion, he he plays the hits. You know, he knows what he's good at, and uh, that's what he does. Uh, So then the the ship breaks in half, and then Anakin has to uh, fly half a ship, and and that (laughs) another happy landing. Another happy landing. That's something that I quote uh, definitely weekly. If I'm making a turn too quickly. Like you can ask, yeah. you can ask Monique. I'm always like, we're coming in too mm-hmm. hot. And she's like, what? I was like, you know what I said? Yeah. Yeah. I try to find ways to put Star Wars in my life. I like the shot when they're landing that ship because I didn't understand like where the control center was, mm-hmm. like where they were piloting it from. And you don't realize how big that ship is until they land it. And you see how teeny oh, yeah. of a spec they are at the top of it. You know, when they like mm-hmm. move the camera up towards them, it's nuts. And I love I love that another happy landing and he's like running his fingers through his yeah. hair. Like, <laughs> ah, oh. not bad, not bad at all. Typical Anakin, yeah. <laughs> typical Anakin ma- ma- again uh, maneuver. Yeah. So so they land it, and you can tell he's you can oh, tell yeah. he's used to that behavior by now. Whereas in Episode Two, it like got on his nerves, and now he's just like, I'm gonna embrace it because this is how it's gonna be. <laughs> by Episode Three, he goes, I-, I mean, we made it, right? Not bad. Yeah, we're alive. Yeah, exactly. Anakin's like, but did you die? <laughs> High fives all around, all around. Our two, well done. <laughs> yeah. So they land it. There's yeah. a little party yeah. waiting for them. Mace Windu's there. And uh, so is mm-hmm. um, Amanda mm-hmm. and Katie Lucas, which is pretty cool. Little little Lucas mm-hmm. Daughters cameo. I love that. And then uh, we get the reunion of Anakin and Padme. Well, prior to that, we see Bale as well. We do but, see Bale. And I, I like that because... I like seeing the relationship Padme and Anakin had with Bale and yep. why he was trusted to take Leia. Yep. 100%. And why, like, you know, why they chose to send Leia off there. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, you see him pretty early on in the movie. You do. And yeah, I like that. Anyways. And then they're like, that so they're good. reunited <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, I missed you so much. That's right. You get the, you <laughs> also get this, like, speaking of the part with Bale, is like, you get this moment, it's like, all right, cool, we got Palpatine back and Dooku's dead, but this is war. Like, we're not even close yeah, to done. It's not over as yet. As long as Grievous is out there, like, it's still going to yeah. go on. And you're like, damn it. Like, we got, yeah. All right, fine. Yep. Do what we got to do. Yeah. Repeals all golden. Anakin is so, <laughs> he's so risky. And they're like, they just left, like, not even earshot. Just like, they can't see them anymore. They could probably hear. I know. <laughs> and he's like, I don't even care. I know. It's like, hey, dude. What and you're telling me they don't have security cameras right there? Come on. I know. Come, Come on. on. This is 
God, Anakin, what are you thinking? Not here. Yes, here. That's right. <laughs> Wifey. <laughs> I mean, fair. You know, they've been in the Outer Rim sieges for a while. So, like, I get I it. I know, but you can, like, go find a closet or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait five more minutes. <laughs> yeah. Don't hug me. That's right. <laughs> I'm with child. <laughs> yeah. That is, if, like, he went to hug her and she just held her hand up, not here. I know. I know. <laughs> Don't touch me. <laughs> like she's got her She's got her um, little Leia bun things going on. Yeah. Really cool. I love really that cool entire look. Same. I like the cinematography of this shot, too. Like, it's such a vast space. Oh, yeah. And apparently no one's there. <laughs> but they just... It's like... It's still such an intimate moment between them. It is. You know what I mean? It is. It, I love it. It's a very nice moment. The music is great. And just the whole, I like how they revealed it too. You know, the fact that she's like really scared and he's like, oh, what's going on? And then. You're trembling. Yeah, you're trembling. And it's like, well, uh, I've got news. I'm prego. Oh, oh, we should have thought this through. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. so that happens. And then uh, it goes to. Uh, Anakin has some uh, particular dreams um, mm -hmm. and you know, the fan base is blessed with his six pack and so, <laughs> so they, uh, they go out there. Anakin has a sort of beginning of the end kind of thing. You know, the fact that he's like, I I'm having dreams. They're not good ones. And then yeah. he, uh, uh, this emotion thing. And this is why they don't get married in the Jedi order. Because of stuff like this. <laughs> you start thinking yeah, of other bad things. Bad Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Which is bonkers. And then uh, from here, we we go to... They talk about how Palpatine is voted even more powers, having just been rescued, which is not good. Because those powers that he has now gives him direct control of the council. Which up until yeah. then, it was like a... The, the Jedi Order was a part of the Republic, but not like an official sect of it. You know, right. it's like they went to this order to try and get help to keep the peace kind of thing, but they weren't like a military installation until the Clone Wars. And even then, up until now, they still were able to kind of operate the way that they saw fit until now, because Palpatine gets more powers. And what does he do? He's like, oh, Anakin, you know what would be kind of cool? If you were on the council, which is <laughs> like, dude, it's another puppetry, puppeteer master thing yep. where he's like, Sitting in his head. Yeah. You're worth it, bro. You're worth yeah. it. And he knows the Jedi are not gonna be into it. it. You know? Yep. And Obi-Wan's just like, bro, you need to you need to keep your eye on this yeah. guy because something's fishy. I smell fish. Like, dude, just pay attention. Like, can you imagine being like on the Jedi Council, right? So you've been at war for three years, which is not good. You never should have become generals in the first place. You've lost a lot of members. It's been terrible. And then mm -hmm. Palpatine is like, Hey, uh, you know you have this like sacred order forever, blah blah. Yeah, I'm gonna get involved, and I'm yeah. gonna put my own member in there and tell you how to do your thing. Yep. You know that's scary stuff, right? And that's why right. they're Just like, great. "This is this is not good," and uh, I don't mm -hmm. like it. And then Anakin has this little, uh, "Oh, I can't wait to be on the council and be a master." And Mace Windu's like, "That's not how this works. You don't just yeah. get the title of master for being on the council." And, uh, take a seat, take a Skywalker. seat, young Skywalker. I love it when he says that. So it's badass. just like, yeah. sit down and shut up. Yeah, he's like, dude, the fact that you're even here, like, we are at war. All right, we don't need yeah. you pitching a fit at the moment. And uh, yeah, dude, like you can't just. It's like saying, oh, I went to the school and my dad owns the school, therefore I just get a black belt, right? Like that's how this works. Right. It's like, no, that's not how this works. Yeah. What are you thinking? And uh, yeah. then we have our. Our uh, Jedi Master No Filter, uh, Kiati Mundi. <laughs> They're like, what's going on in the war? It's like, well, we got this problem, we got this problem. And then uh, 
you know, Kashyyyk isn't doing well. And no filters like, what about the droid attack on the Wookiees? Uh, which is great. You know, Kiati will be speaking up. <laughs> oh my God. That's our dude. I just, I want to say something real quick about him because I was pretty, I was pretty tough on him last you time. Were. You were. Um, <laughs> so I actually really liked Kiati Mundi in this movie when I was little. I, I think, honestly, if you were to ask me at that time who was my favorite Jedi, I would have said Kiati Mundi. Wow. Um, so it's not like I've had this forever hatred of him, <laughs> but I will say, and I don't hate him. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I, you know, but I do have to say, um, and this is skipping ahead, but I just have to That's say okay. this. I think why I liked him so much is that I felt so bad for him because his oh, yeah. order 66 moment is the worst. Yeah. It's literally the worst of them 100%. all. And I think I felt bad for him. And that's why he was like my favorite. Cause I was like, well, this poor guy like has been through so much and oh yeah, I just felt bad. So yeah. Oh yeah. I, I used to get extra mad as well. Going back to the Anakin and the master thing, because in the old EU, uh, Kiati Mundi was not a Jedi master. He was the, he was yeah. the only member of the council that was just a Jedi Knight. So this was, you know, prior to the clone wars, obviously. And uh, so when I watched episode three and Anakin's like, how can you be in the council and not be a master? I just pictured Kiati Mundi being like, um, over here and i was like dude yeah the fact that you're there like be nice but then it yeah. just you know this is just palpatine it's just palpatine just wrecking anakin be like oh do this i'm gonna put you in a situation where i know you're going to fail and you're going to get mad and then you're gonna feel really bad against the jedi because they're telling you what to do and the jedi are like so palpatine keeps getting more powers this is not good dooku's dead that's awesome but i don't like the fact that he can now put people on the council so they see, yeah. they're like, they're, they're very weary of Palpatine as they should be, but not in the way that they should be. You know, they see him as like the chancellor yeah. that's getting too much power and is like, this could go bad, so we need to keep an eye on him. So they ask Anakin to uh, to report on all the chancellor's dealings. And Obi-Wan is really uncomfortable about it. Um, but it's, it's war. That's the mm -hmm. thing. It's like the Jedi have done things that they should not have. They became things that they should not have in the Clone War. But at the same time, they could not have operated the way that they did in the war setting right. you know what i mean and and it's not like they had time to fix all exactly stuff. it's very like, seat of your pants and the fact that their ability to see the future is diminished like they can't even use their yeah. foresight which has been their like main thing they can use to help they don't even have that anymore and separatists are just yeah. knocking out planets so it's like well i'm a jedi master i can use the force i'm worth a thousand battle droids i need to go help these people and palpatine's just laughing right. in the corner like you've become my pawns uh, so yeah, they ask uh, they ask Anakin to spy on Palpatine. He doesn't react well to it. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah, yeah, you know, the fact that he's like, you know, you want to talk about things that are out of hand, you're asking me to spy on a mentor and a friend. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, Obi-Wan is your bro. Yeah. You know, come on, man. Oh, God. Yeah. I, that's another thing that, like, really breaks my heart about this is, like, how good of a friend Obi-Wan is being. Like, this whole movie and Anakin's just like, yeah, okay, Palpatine's telling me what to do. And just I you, know. And Obi-Wan's like very carefully trying to tell him to wake up and yeah. see the cookies crumble yeah. here without actually saying that and without actually knowing how much Palpatine is actually involved. Exactly. But he is very kindly trying to say, look, this guy's dangerous and you need to like keep an eye exactly. on it. And Anakin is just like offended, yeah, but yeah. understandably. But yeah. It is sad because like this stuff happens in real life too. You know, you have friends that like warn you and then you're just like stupid and don't listen oh, yeah. and 
And then that friend could be like, well, I told you so. Like on Mustafar, Obi-Wan could have been like, dude, I told you so. (laughs) But he he wasn't. He was just like, okay, this is where we're at now. So I guess I have to deal with it. That's so sad. The tragedy. That's that's one one of the million tragedies. I'm going to pull a Caitlin Plesher here. Star Wars is tragedy. It is. And that's one of the many tragedies of episode three is the loss of the brotherhood that they had it, i mean yeah. he's even like oh you want me to spy on your friend and uh, obi-wan's like i don't I, it's not me it's the council like i'm just yeah. doing my job here you know and he's like i don't like it either yeah. but come on dude like we are this is bad things are bad palpatine managed to stay yeah. way past his terms in office like look at smell the roses man so you don't yeah something's yeah not exactly either. exactly that's that's what I love so much about about the prequels that I didn't see or appreciate as a kid, but it means so much now is just the art of writing his, you know, Palpatine's oh, yeah. character. The work that it went into creating that character and doing it so well to like masterfully create this insane puppet master. Mm-hmm. So good, like People can make fun of George Lucas all they want, but very few characters are written that well. You know what I mean? It it takes so much uh, talent to create a character like that that is in perfect control of everything, you know, and not even the audience sees it at all times. You know me, I I always say George Lucas is like one of the greatest artists of all time. Like, dude, he just next level stuff. And Palpatine, the fact that, you know, yeah. we'll watch your career with great interest. Like, from that moment on, yeah. the manipulation yeah. starts. Leading to an empire. Yeah. Like, dude, the fact that, Even before that, he would say stuff right. and just, you know, like, it's it really insane. Is. God, so good. So then we get this We get this scene I know. where uh, Anakin has to go uh, report on the Chancellor's dealings. So he goes to an opera. <laughs> he meets him at the opera. And this is a George <laughs> Lucas cameo. The, the maker himself is there as Baron yes. Papanoida, and Pablo Hidalgo is actually in this scene. Oh, I forgot he was in that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Pablo's oh, in episode such three. A funny outfit. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So the patron. So get in there, yeah. and then you get. I love this moment when Anakin comes in and he's like, "Hey, uh, so we received this transmission, and it seems like uh, uh, Palpatine tells Anakin that we found Grievous on Utapal, and then he just looks at everyone else in the booth, and he's like, leave us." I was like, yes. oh man, imagine being those yeah. people that got a ticket to this. They're like in the box with the leader of the Republic. And he's like, yeah, I need some time. You're like, oh yeah. man, I was really, I gotta, I gotta manipulate this kid. Give me five minutes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come back when he starts crying. <laughs> <laughs> Story time won't last too long guys. <laughs> That's right. Trust me. I'm already hook line, almost sinker. And <laughs> this is, uh, this is one of my favorite scenes in all of star Wars, probably like my top five scenes. It's so good. Just because, the setting is so good. I love where they chose to do this. It's it's a very like relaxed scene. They're at the opera. It's not like he's pulling him into his office being like, hey, dude, I gotta tell you the story. Like he just very casually brings it up in convo, you know? Mm-hmm. And the way it's like such an intimate scene, it's just them. Yes, there's other people around, but they're not in the same box. So you don't really notice them. Uh, and... Ian McDiarmid's acting in this scene is so freaking good. Just so the way he like lets his mouth linger after he says stuff. And you can just tell he's like thinking of so many things in his head and just knowing like, I've got this kid hook, line and sinker. Like he knows it. And Oh yeah. It's just, he perfectly 
captured every single emotion he needed to in this scene. Totally, totally, totally agreed. I remember hearing Ian McDermott talk about the, you know, the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise, the tragedy of Mm -hmm. Darth Plagueis the Wise, and Mm -hmm. how he starts it off. He says that it was like this evil inside of Palpatine and it comes out. So he goes, you ever hear of the tragedy? Like it kind of claws its way out of his throat into the speech. And I was like, that's intense, man. Yeah. And uh, Darth Plagueis is actually my favorite Star Wars book by James Luceno. Yeah, I actually read that book, Dude, which is it's you know one of the few that I've read. Yeah, exactly. But it's one of three. <laughs> it's we need to do a separate show on that book one oh, day because do. say when, like next week, <laughs> because that book and I don't want to talk about it too much here because I think we could do another show on this and get like really into it. Absolutely. But that book adds so much to everything everything in the yes. prequels literally everything in star wars ever it, it just dude it's so good enhances it it's so good and then having read that book going back and watching that scene and how he's even manipulating it then because he's like you know he managed to yeah. cheat death it's like kind of you know it's like when you read the yeah. book dude, it's, it's so good and uh that whole scene is good and then just the end you know it, he even learned he learned to influence the midi-chlorians to stop people he loved from dying is it possible to learn this power not from a Jedi? You're like, oh, snap. What? We're, we're start, to actually like let the colors fly a little bit. And Anakin's yeah. just so into it because, you know, he had a dream of Padme dying and he doesn't... It, you know what? This makes me think of this quote from Kung Fu Panda <laughs> where Uguay... Plug the interesting <laughs> podcast. Where Master Uguay talks about uh, when Sifu talks about Tai Lung is coming back and he's going to wreak havoc and he's talking about all these things he's going to do to stop it. And Uguay says, one often meets his destiny on the road he chooses to avoid it. And that totally rings true here in that Anakin has this dream of Padme dying and he does everything he can, including becoming a dark side, dark Lord of the Sith to try and avoid Padme from dying and in effect causes her death crazy yeah. Uguay just knows what's up so <laughs> yes kung fu yeah. panda um so i have a little like idea here and i'm sure this is not anything new i just don't read prequel theories that often but is it proven or discussed anywhere that palpatine is clearly planting these dreams in anakin's mind and has been for a while and that's a part of his manipulation not that i know of that sounds like a theory as opposed to like something from the expanded universe or anything that's been explored do you think that could be a possibility because how does palpatine know that this is even going on and that and knows that anakin has this pain that needs to be resolved via I think, Life. I mean, from the beginning, he's always planned to take Anakin as his Padawan because Anakin's the chosen one. Like that, that's mm-hmm. the, the determining factor here because. But how does he know to like, to feed off of this weakness? Uh, sure. How does he even know he has that? Um, I, they didn't discuss they that, didn't did discuss they? Padme dying, but I bet he knows Anakin so well enough that he can tell. You know what I mean? Like when, when Jedi are like probing right. their minds, like you are thinking about your sister. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So he's probably just like he yeah. Can I would assume that the because they're close enough. Yeah, they're close fear. enough to where Anakin told Palpatine mm-hmm. about the Sand People. You know what I mean? Right. So he's like he told he tells right. him everything, 
But I think this here, he can tell Anakin's going through some problems, and he's probably just digging around in his mind. Yeah, gotcha. That would be okay. my read of the situation. This is why I ask you all the horsey <laughs> questions. Jedi Brian, <laughs> at your service. So, so, so then we find out, like I said, they received a transmission, and Palpatine's like, oh, guess what? Through no fault of my own, we found out that Grievous is on Utapal. Uh, totally legit yeah. Republic intelligence, not something that I'm manipulating. And uh, so they go back and uh, hashtag no filter. They're like, we need to send somebody <laughs> to to go get Grievous on Utapal. And he's like, I think Obi-Wan should do it. And they're like, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, not Except it. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> yep. Obi-Wan goes. is the guy who's like, we'll just make him do it. <laughs> so... <laughs> I love that. I love that. Not it. Not it. He's, he's hashtag no filter. Hashtag, hashtag not, not it. it. Right. <laughs> It'll be hashtag not it for this show. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's oh, so God. funny. So, then, so that happens, and then Yoda's <laughs> like, all right, I'll go to Kashyyyk because I know the Wookiees, like, we're bros. And so, like, well... Like, how? I want right? to know that story. Right? Dude, Yoda's been around. I don't know if he, like, knows the act. Like, I bet he's not like, what's up, Tarful? He's just like, oh, I knew your grandfather because I'm 900 years old. But, yeah, where did Yoda... Yeah. I'm old as dirt. I know that's your right. great-grandfather. I the first Wookiee. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. So they, they they go to Kashyyyk, which is something the franchise has been waiting, you know, thirty years for almost, because Endor yeah. was originally going to be Kashyyyk. Uh but we get it this time. Well, and this redeemed the uh Yeah. Yeah. Hey, redeemed. The holiday special is awesome. Anyway, uh <laughs> I mean <laughs> I mean yeah. if you're into that kind of stuff. Whisk, 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 whisk. And uh so uh, Whipster, Whipster, <laughs> Whip, Whipster. <laughs> Uh, scratchy, itchy, lumpy, amazing. <laughs> so, okay. so we get to Kashyyyk. We see a bunch of Wookiees. Um, I know Jared's listening to this, so Jared got his Wookiee planet. Uh, Jared's awesome. He loves Wookiees. Had to shout yes. him out. Yeah, he, he really does. So we get to Kashyyyk. Yoda's there being all like on his little area, looking down at the whole battlefield, uh, which is pretty awesome. I actually really like how this battle was uh, shot out. Like, I wish it was more in-depth, like mm-hmm. we got more of them fighting. But I like that he's, like, on his tower. There's a beachfront battle and then the water battle as well. Um, I thought that was cool. And then you get Luminara Unduli is on the mm-hmm. beach, which is kind of cool. I love I love that they chose to shoot this on mm-hmm. the beach because I think if they had shot a scene like this in the middle of, like, the forest part, it would have felt a little too Agreed. similar to... Mm-hmm. um endor and i love the beach it's like my favorite place and it just kind of added a new element to star wars and that's that's something i'm always looking for in new star wars movies is like new planets locations things that are different from what we've already totally. seen because hello we're out in space like everything out there exists we're not limited to just five types Absolutely. of environments you know and and it was I love how their homes are like built up in the trees oh, yeah. the whole and culture behind it. off the ground. Like, yeah. I'm like kind of similar to the Ewoks and stuff like that. But um, I just really like how they shot this on the beach because it gave them that chance to create all these cool ships that are like emerging yeah. from the water. And agreed. And they fly little helicopter things and ride really these neat. little dragonfly creature things. Yeah, and this movie is so rich with new locations, oh, like yeah. new at the time. Obviously, we've seen them a few more times since then, but uh, like this one in particular, and then Felucia are two of oh, my yeah, favorites, absolutely. probably. 
Um, I just, yeah, I really like that decision of agreed, doing it on agreed. The beach. It also just makes me just makes me think of some Wookies laying out on the on the beach, getting a nice little. Pan. Oh, good. I'm glad you went there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is this about to get really dark? <laughs> There's Wookies no. laying on a beach. Oh no. Never mind. No. Anyway, anyway. Not what? like that. I'm just talking about like having a cute little beach oh, day before yeah. the war time. Yeah, that's much better than what's coming down. Like the a little cute little baby. Yeah. Uh, Wookie playing volley beach volleyball with his dad. Oh, see, I like that much better. You no. Know? Yeah, I wasn't gonna talk about like morbid things. God, I only talk about morbid things that have to do with Dooku's head yeah. getting chopped <laughs> off his body. Right. I've learned about a new side of you, so I don't know what's coming down the road with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the surface. (laughs) You just wait. (laughs) Dead (laughs) walkies. Oh, you're terrible. So then we we get this. There's another great shot here when uh, the battle starts and Yoda almost gets shot. That whole bit when he's like, I I was like, oh, snap. Okay. Wow. I know. And then they just cut away. Like, no, he's fine. He's fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. How are you? And so, so, uh, so we go from here to another tragic point in the star wars saga and it is obi-wan and anakin uh saying goodbye and uh when you've seen this movie this scene is really 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 sad it's really sad it's really sad when you've seen it twice yeah yeah (laughs) because then you know what happens afterwards and how important this scene is when you first see it you're just like okay bye exactly and then you see it again you're just like oh my god this is this is it. This is the. This is it. It's all downhill from here. Jeez. We're on the top of the mountain, and we're about to get in the core of the yeah, earth. Yeah, it's so sad because Obi Wan, even even through yeah. all this, he's like, you know what? I understand. I get it. You're frustrated. Like yeah. you'll be a master like soon enough. Trust me. I know these yeah. things. You're also way wiser and a much better Jedi than I am. Like, trust me. It'll be okay. Yeah. And Anakin's like, yeah. I'd rather not. And God. Yeah. It's really sad. Well, and Obi-Wan had a different experience too because of Qui-Gon's death, RIP. He had like accelerated, he had a little bit of an accelerated timeline, whereas he understands that Anakin isn't ready as sure. well. Like he knows. Sure. He has to wait for that time to Patience. Come. It's a it's a Jedi virtue. And Anakin's like, mm, how about no? Yeah, how about no? So so then uh then Obi-Wan goes to Utapau. Um Utapau's cool. Love, like a lot. love this planet so much. I love, I love everything about this yeah. planet. Like, I could talk about this for Good. an hour, but in the, uh, so we haven't talked about this yet. It's something I really wanted to mention. There's a excellent documentary about Revenge of the Sith called yep. Within a Minute, and it's about the final scene of. Uh, you know, the Mustafar scene, basically, and how all this work goes into a scene that's uh, pretty much oh, yeah. a minute long. And this is, like, such a great documentary. But there's also a few other extra, like, featurettes about the movie, um, about some of the sets they built. And there's a there's a part about how they came up with the design of Utapau and, like, how they filmed it. And it's so interesting because they made this model of the planet, all these little like pits that go in the ground with all the little cities mm-hmm. in there. They made a, they made a model of it and they filmed it. Like those scenes are on a miniature. Right? It's, it's not even CGI. Like that's a real thing that they made. And it just like blows my mind how they put everything together Absolutely. in movies. 
I'm kind of getting no, off on a weird tangent, but basically I just love I, this planet. Go watch the featurettes. <laughs> it's amazing how they put so much detail into this and how they filmed uh, everything that happens on this planet. Cause a lot happens. Um, but everything from the design to how they actually executed it. It's just so fascinating to me that they chose to do a lot of stuff uh, realistically uh, with miniatures and models. A lot of it is, is also CGI, but um you just have to look up a picture of it. It's it's just the coolest thing. It's, it is. It's it amazing. It really is. And that's something that like I feel like the general public doesn't really understand because they just hear things and they repeat it. And that like, dude, mm-hmm. miniatures, there's more miniatures used in episode one than the entire original trilogy combined. Like the prequels yeah. are full of miniatures and like practical effects, yeah. but they also were on the precipice of visual effects technology. So it's like, it's kind of mm-hmm. weird that some people uh, see CGI as a bad thing. You know what I mean? It's so weird because there's so many, there's hundreds it, of ILM artists that are breaking down these shots and creating these effects. And it's like, oh man, but I'd rather practical. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you know what we're capable of doing now with CGI? Like, that's not just right. a click a button and you have a lightsaber effect. You know, it's a lot of work that goes right. into CGI. And I, I love that they take the time to make these like behind the scenes featurettes because so many people that have no concept of film production and how everything works, they have no idea the amount of man hours that go into creating these movies and creating all these models that you don't even realize are Mm -hmm. physical things. Um, You know, someone sat there and sculpted all these little rocks and formations and like the, the landing platforms and like everything is real there and they're, compositing that into a shot of actors on green screen but the stuff behind them is actually there um i just it's it's fascinating and when you look at movies like episode two and three in particular you think oh my god there's so much cgi blah 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 and you see these pieces of the featurettes where the actors are acting on green screen sets but they don't realize that what's going in the background is actually a real Mm -hmm model of a set it's just smaller it it would take so much money and time to build a life-size scale model Mm -hmm. of utapau so they made a tinier one filmed it and put it in the background and people just assume it's cgi because they show actors on green screen but it's like no they're still putting them in a real world element it's just a smaller thing you know that they can't physically make Life size because time, money, etc., man hours like it's, true. it's just not It's just realistic. another level to the art that there. is film. You know, movies have so many departments of so yeah. many people, like thousands of people are doing like a, a specific mm-hmm. shot of things. And like CGI is awesome mm-hmm. and model making is awesome. And you recently talked to someone from ILM about all that. So if you I guys want to listen to that, he talked to Charmaine Chan. Is that yep. her name? She's amazing. And she's. She's a compositor at ILM, correct? She is. She is. She's worked on a ton of stuff, most recently uh, episode eight. Um, yeah. And she breaks down. She she worked on the Porg shot where the Porg jumps on the dash of the Falcon and gives that little roar. That's her shot. Um, and also the Kylo half of the Luke and Kylo battle. Yeah, which is amazing. And it's it was a really good interview. So if you guys are into like this behind-the-scenes stuff, her insight really helps you understand all of the different elements that go on in these movies and who, and she puts them together. Like she's like putting these different elements together from all these different artists that do so many different things just for one shot. It's not just one person making this entire shot. It's 
multiple people and then at the end they all come together and it, it was just really interesting hearing her talk about that because I I knew that stuff happened but uh, I didn't know the details of it and she explained a lot of stuff which was really really neat to hear yeah she's cool and she talked about like how much time they spent on the porg's tongue just getting that yeah. right and I was like yeah. you don't think about that when people yeah. pop on CGI it's like it's a hell of a lot of work but and she was uh she was recently just in the little like promo video for Lucasfilm recruiting. Yeah, she's a really she's cool chick on the skateboard. Like, opening <laughs> shot, like longboarding into work. So anyways, if you want to put like a name with a face, she's in that video. Yeah. So check that out. Um Utapal's awesome. We get uh Utapal. back to Utapal. Back to Utapal. Uh Tian Midon, who's the uh you know, <laughs> Love him so, so cool. much. Dude, I you know me. I love aliens. And episode three has tons of them. And I, I really, really, really love when aliens get to talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, God, it was such a cool scene. There's no war here. <laughs> like, so I love it when he goes, they're watching us. That's... Tenth level, thousands of droids. Like He's so Perfect. awesome. That was a spot on impression. Well done. I love the way he talks. I, he's probably one of my favorite aliens in this movie. He's so cool. He's <laughs> did he say he's bringing warriors he didn't say he didn't say <laughs> it's so good and, Obi- and Obi- he just like turns him. around you know yeah obi-wan jukes him staying in the shadows has r4 take his ship up i was like oh snap mm-hmm. he's still there you clever yeah. jedi you i know and then we get you know one of the greatest moments in star wars history uh obi-wan finds a separatist he's looking down mm-hmm. grievous is like you guys got a piece out to mustafar things is about to get crazy and uh obi-wan drops down He's just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> Hello there. Hello there. So and then <laughs> Grievous is like, oh, and Obi-Wan's like, oh, it's fine. I got this. Literally surrounded by battle droids. <laughs> I know. You know how Obi-Wan uh, poses in that shot where he kind of like leans back on his like back foot and holds his lightsaber out with one arm and then does like the two finger oh, thing yeah. with his other arm? Oh, yeah. That was like my Jedi pose for years in all it. of my little pictures as a kid like that you know even though i was the anakin kid i wanted that pose i don't know why i don't even know why he posed like that because awesome. it kind of looks silly why. but <laughs> but i was like this is so neat i've never seen anyone do this before agreed a hundred percent there is one thing about this shot here that that bugs me a little bit i have what? to come clean so in the oh, beginning boy. scene on the invisible hand uh command deck when Obi-Wan is fighting one of the Magna Guards, he cuts its head off, and it keeps fighting him. And he's like, oh, okay, we're still fighting. And then he cuts it, right? Mm-hmm. In this one, mm-hmm. he uses the force to grab that little piece at the top, squishes them all. One goes reaching for his bit. He cuts its head off, and it falls down. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm. Does this yeah. one not keep fighting after he gets really his head up. cut up? But, oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Really hold on. We're taking a step back for a second. Boga. The Varactyl is one of my favorite Star Wars creatures, like in all of Star Wars. It may, it may I had a little plushie of this guy. I think it was from Burger King. Oh, dude. I, I'm obsessed yeah, with it. He the was design awesome. is so cool. Like the Rancor has always been one of my favorite monsters, but uh, it, it might be the Varactyl. It's such a beautiful, it makes such a cool sound. And the fact that it's like a dragon lizard. It's the sound for sure. Yeah. And to me, 
I don't really look at that and think Star Wars. It's kind of out of place, but it worked so well on this planet. I think it would also worked on like Felucia. But if you had seen that thing on like Corazant, you're just like, "Mm, nope, or (laughs) Hoth, "Mm, nope. But it just worked so well in the environment that they had. Um, I definitely love the sound it makes. That makes that makes that creature. I mean, it's agreed. It wouldn't be what it is without the sound that it makes. Totally, Um, totally agreed. But yeah, I remember I had a little plushie of this guy and I carried him oh, around like so everywhere. Cool. I don't know whatever happened to it. Dude, I want one real bad. Yeah, I think it was a Burger King thing. I want one real bad. I've seen figures like uh like the three and three quarter inch figure, uh uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like the size of the of Boga is equivalent to relative to the three and three quarter inch. So it's like pretty big and cool. Oh, yeah. and like if you had a three and three quarter inch Obi Wan, it sits on it and it's proportionate. That's the word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I really want one, but they're really expensive. So I'll get one one day. It's so cool. I just Googled uh, these plushies. I don't I don't even see it. Ooh. I thought it was from Burger King. It was definitely from some fast food place. That's for sure. Yeah, I believe it. Maybe McDonald's. McDonald's had a lot of toys Maybe. that were Star Wars related. Yeah. It's so cool. Anyways, that was like one of my favorite yeah. things. Yeah, and I... Oh, it was from Burger King. I found uh-huh. it. Um, I... I remember reading about this one time. I think they named it Boga because that was a soda in Tunisia. Oh, really? Um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. why they named it that. It was just some random soda drink in Tunisia, and they decided to name the Varactyl Boga. I love that. Fun little tidbit. Boga's so yeah. cool. I had a ferret and named it Boga. Yeah. What? Yeah, I had a ferret growing you up. You had a ferret? I've had I've had four ferrets, yeah. I love ferrets. Me too. Oh yeah. my gosh, we could talk about this for an hour. Right? Yeah, I had I had two of them. I had one. Well, actually, I've had four in my lifetime. So I had one named Critter, who was like a big <gasps> one. And then Someone. I had two at a time. So I had Critter and I had Malfoy, which, uh, you know, because in Harry Potter, Draco Malfoy gets turned into a ferret. Uh, so he was Malfoy. And then I had Boga. And then I had a white one named Wampa. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, they were hilarious. They would like steal your shoes and like put them under oh, the sink. Okay. You're like, why is why are you doing this? And then, I don't know. <laughs> or we had someone Critter would like take empty like uh, milk cartons and he would take mm-hmm. them out of the trash and just set it in the middle of the living room. We don't know why. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. He's just like, here, I got this for you. <laughs> You're throwing this away. It's still uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I I googled this this Boga Burger King toy. Mm-hmm. Someone is selling one on eBay for a dollar and twenty nine cents, and I'm pretty sure I'm gonna. In buy the it. words of Palpatine, Savannah, <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> so oh my god, he's so cute, so guys. There's a bunch of them on here. If you want a little fractal, just go on eBay. They've got a bunch of them. Get it. Type in Burger King episode three. You'll find it. Anyways, back to the story. <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad we just had this moment in the episode three prequel Defense Force. A real life application yeah. to Palpatine's do it. Ferrets, bogus. <laughs> we provide a service here. Uh, <laughs> a very important that's service. Right, that's right. So yeah. So it's called nonsense. <laughs> yeah, the prime export of the Dorky Dude Show. Uh, yeah. Back to your regularly and better scheduled program uh, next week. <laughs> so, so we get Boga. We get uh, Grievous's wheel bike is pretty cool. So he's got that just hanging out. That thing I had. <laughs> I had this. Uh, I think it was the Lego episode three game for my nintendo ds and they had this bonus level where you could pretend to be grievous on his bike and you could collect these special blue lego bricks yeah it was uh it was pretty cool and i remember uh thinking his 
this little vehicle was just so neat. Such a cool design. I agree. And it's the fact that it has legs is cool too. Yeah. And it was unlike anything we had seen before in Star Wars. I agree. I agree. It was awesome. So what what did you what did you think of this fight between Obi Wan and Grievous, the first one? Um, it's like my least favorite out of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it just it's just because it feels like it goes on a little too long. Okay. Um, this is another one of those things though that I appreciate a lot more since I've seen the behind the scenes because, you know, Obi Wan Ewan McGregor is on this basically like a bull riding mechanic thing. Yeah. <laughs> and um and then Grievous is not actually there and he's just fighting some guy in a blue suit, you know, mm-hmm. next to him. And then they like animated in the Ractal and Grievous and the and his vehicle and everything. So a lot of time went into this yes. fight. But uh it's just, you know, I think their next fight is a little better and there's so many other good battles in this movie that this one just falls a little short. It's not bad. Just sure. Sometimes I fast forward. To it, <gasps> Savannah. Oh my god. Sometimes, <laughs> but it's okay. Sacrilege. I okay. I remember seeing this and I uh, I was slightly disappointed because of the Clone oh. Wars micro series. We saw him kill several Jedi, fought three Jedi masters at once. And he only used two. He's hands. definitely not as cool in this movie as yeah, he is in the micro exactly. series. He's he is legit in the micro oh, series. Oh, serious! Like in the micro series, you're like, oh yeah, that's why he has five lightsabers in his coat, and probably yeah. more at home. Like crazy. And in the micro series, he only had the two arms. They didn't show him using yeah. the four. So when you see him, like, oh, you know, I've been trained in your Jedi arts by Count Dooku, and he pulls out four arms. I was like, oh snap! You're like, and Ooh. I really liked the the like ten seconds of actual fighting we get. You know, when Obi-Wan's like ducking and dodging and fighting and he cuts off two of his hands and then he brings it back out. Uh, Not the biggest fan of like the buzzsaw movement where he just kind of walks toward him and stuff. I was like, "Eh." yeah, like I've seen you fight Jedi Masters better than this. Um, Right. I think I think a lot of Grievous was a little disappointing in this movie because mm -hmm. of how great he was in the micro series. And he was way more intimidating in the micro series. But in the movie and in the Clone Wars animated series, he just runs and hides so much that it makes his credibility just garbage. Agreed. Whereas like in the micro series, he was a, he was a huge threat. Oh yeah. Um, and I remember like I was scared of him. Same. When I was little. Same. So, but he wasn't to me, he wasn't super scary in this movie. And I think that's why I probably, um, not dislike, but just, I don't like these fight scenes as much as I like some of the other fight scenes in the movie, just because he doesn't really scare me. Sure. He's got so Grievous has really cool moments in the movie, but he really shines mm-hmm. in that micro series. I think his visual aesthetic is what is so appealing because totally his his stature, you know, he's tall, he's big, his voice is really neat. Um, mm-hmm. Things like that are the qualities that that make him so cool in this movie. But then when it comes down to his personality and running away and hiding it's just like okay yeah rex <laughs> i agree yeah, <laughs> that's my dog uh, he's like yeah, yeah. Mom, you tell him. <laughs> rex, like, talking about grievous yeah yeah uh, yeah <laughs> so so while while this is this is going down we get so we get the second half of this fight here and i love the moment when obi-wan kicks him and he's like oh, yes there's a lot of kicking in the fight scenes in this movie there is there is. I like that. And then when he reaches for his chest cavity and opens it up, when Grievous just like throws him, 
when he just start whatever he says in Alien, he's like blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, I, like, I like it. <laughs> so that was cool. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I like it when Obi Wan shoots him in the chest. Oh, it's like so all right, cool. let's just do this. And it's so uncivilized. I was like, yes, that's what I'm talking about, Obi Wan. And uh, so while while this is going on, you know, we've got Anakin talking to Palpatine, and he tells him about Utapau, and Palpatine is like totally looking at Death Star plans in his spare time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, what is happening? Yeah. So he tells him. Let's get these blueprints ready to go. We're almost there, exactly. guys. <laughs> like, trust me, any moment now. And uh, so Anakin tells him, like, he's engaged, Grievous, it's going to be crazy. And Palpatine's like, oh, that's cool. So Obi-Wan's uh, not anywhere near here? Cool. Um, I'm, an, I'm a Sith. <laughs> and we have this moment where you think Anakin's going to do the right thing for once. <laughs> You know, and uh, he. This is when Palpatine just straight up tells him, like, you know, use my knowledge. Uh, I'm the only yeah. one. I bet yeah, you. Yeah, I'm the only one. Like, if you want to save Padme from certain death, I'm the dude. The only one. I'm you your remember guy. Remember the Plagueis story I told you? Remember? Yeah, good times. Yeah, I know that guy. He taught me. He's like, that's my side business. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> side hustle. Exactly. Like, I loved that scene when uh, he pulls the lightsaber on Palpatine, and he's like, "Are you going to kill me?" Because I'd certainly like to. And then he just goes like, "I love that." I love that. So you know, we get this great moment and uh, pulls a lightsaber on him. He goes all dark side, and uh, Anakin doesn't do it there because he knows he's got some he's got some skin in the game. In that Palpatine, if it is his only hope, Anakin's real conflicted here, you know. But luckily, uh, Anakin goes and he tells Mace Windu right after Obi Wan kills Grievous. Mace Windu's like, "Okay, it's time to go. Make sure that Palpatine." Uh, gets rid of his powers and he lets go of all these powers and Anakin's like "Mm, don't think that's gonna go well and he's he's like why is that and he goes well uh so he's a Sith Lord he just told me this and this is a really big moment here because this is Anakin like trying to do the right thing and Mace Windu who's always been like I don't know about this Anakin kid straight up says like you wait here uh because I trust you now but I can feel yep. right now that you are very conflicted. And if he's as dangerous as you yep. say he is, you're going to get in the way and just, just hang out in the council room. We'll yeah, be back. Stay here. It's that simple. Yep. And then you get one of like the most like haunting scenes in all of Star Wars when uh, Anakin and Padme are looking at each other from across the room. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. Let's, Let's talk. talk. The soundtrack in this movie is more powerful than anything else in this movie. This soundtrack... If 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 people want to make claims that like, okay, the chemistry isn't there, blah, 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 whatever. I don't agree with them. But if they want to say that, the soundtrack of this movie carries oh, dude, this entire movie. the soundtracks like, of any movie ever. If, if someone other than John Williams had done the score for this movie, it would have sucked. Agreed. Like, let's be real. It The music is one of the, if not the most important element of this movie. It makes me cry like that scene where they're looking at each other through the windows and just like you know feeling each other's presence and just being worried like it is so emotional and the fact that no words is said makes it even more powerful because it's just pure emotion like and then he hears palpatine in his head so he's like super conflicted like he knows it's wrong he knows palpatine is a sith lord and this is but he's like this is my only shot like i just gotta take it what if something bad God, happens so and I lose bad. Padme? Okay, what are you doing? <laughs> I know. Dude, <sighs> haunting. Haunting. I actually, so when, after yeah. this came out, we, my family and I took a road trip back to North Carolina and uh, 
actually I think my dad was working. So it was just my brother, my mom and uh, myself. And I remember my mom was driving. I was in the front seat. My brother was in the back seat and we had the episode three soundtrack and we listened to it for 13 hours mm-hmm. straight. Yeah. We did the same thing too. Yeah. It's a way to go, man. I would like, I, I'd put my hands up like they were on the yoke of a starfighter and my brother was Anakin and I was Obi-Wan and it's like <laughs> we were weaving in and out of traffic. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. The soundtrack is phenomenal. I remember we took a road trip too and we did the same thing. We yeah. bought the CD. See, every now and then I, f- I find reasons why we're friends. And this is one of those. Like the Every now bit. and then. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're really mean off mic. So then. Uh... <laughs> Where are the show notes? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the dorky dude show, Savannah. <laughs> you, keep, you keep muting your mic every now and then to like hide the crying sounds. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to keep going. <laughs> so we, we, we get this moment. The, the Mace Windu goes. And now it's a it's a much more aggressive meeting, <laughs> where before it was like we're gonna go talk to Palpatine and be like, hey, listen, it's probably time for you to relinquish these powers that you have. You know, the war's over. Uh, let's figure this out. But then he finds out that this entire thing has been orchestrated by Palpatine. The Sith Lord they've been looking for for like thirteen years has been right in front of them this entire time, and all has all of these powers. Politically speaking, where mm-hmm. this is really, really bad. Like Mace Windu has this moment where he yeah. has to think, like, if the he even says, like, if the Jedi Order is to survive, we have to handle this. You know, like it is fight or flight time here. And uh, yeah. so he shows up, and then we have this moment that's actually really pivotal as well. Um, when he tells me, you know, in the name of the Galactic Senate of the Republic, you're under arrest. Are you threatening me, Master Jedi? You are under arrest. Yeah. And, you know, are you threatening me, Master Jedi? The Senate will decide your fate. I am the Senate. And that that moment, that quote is so big because like Mace Windu in this back and forth is saying like, here's the deal. You're under arrest by, he's not even saying like by the authority of the Jedi Council. He's saying by the authority of the Galactic Republic that we are loyal to, you're under arrest. Like this is a problem. And then he goes, you know, are yeah. you threatening me? And he's like, the Senate will decide your fate. So Mace Windu's trying to go the right way about this. You know, he's like, here's the deal. You're under arrest. You're going to stand trial. The Senate's going to figure out what we're going to do with you. And by Palpatine declaring that I am the Senate, that is such a big deal because that's saying, like, you think that's going to work? Like, I'm in charge here. You know, so, like, the option you had is not, it's not there anymore. Well, it's hilarious because Palpatine knows that he orchestrated all of this and there are no loopholes. Like, there's no way out. And he knows it because he built this crazy structure of puppeteering like he knows there's no way out and it's because i have masterfully planned all of this for years you know and so like imagine there's no way imagine being mace windu like you've been spending 13 years now like meditating be like something really bad is near i don't know what it is and then you get into a war and you like you were peacekeepers before now you're generals in an army trying to just save the planets that you can you know it's like stress and all these things going on and then you find out the worst threat of the entire republic the sith lord is right in front of you under your so nose you're like you're already right off your toes you know because you're like this isn't yeah. good and then the declaration that i am the senate is like oh you have yeah. literally zero options here because you can try yeah. to arrest me fine it's not going to do anything like you know right. so then uh palpatine flips out this little lightsaber 
and does like a 960 oh, this was flip. the coolest terrifying part. just like and flips through the air like a torpedo. dude and this uh so this scene is significant to me because it has my least favorite star wars character in the entire saga Kifisto. no agent kolar I oh, okay. despise Agent Kolar. It's my, like, Details? okay, so here we go. Are you ready? <laughs> Can't just say that and move no. on. I need to know oh, why. No, I will go in. This is a thing. Oh, okay. You know how sometimes okay. you put in like insert Brian rant into the show notes? Yeah. This is, oh, this is the Brian rant. This is where rant. this would go. So Agent Kolar, as I said, 13 years you've been aware of a Sith Lord. All right. You find out he's right in front of you and you just thought, it was Palpatine, right? You didn't know he had a lightsaber in his sleeve. So the threat level just went up a whole lot. He just told you he's the Senate, so you have no power politically. You have nothing you can do to him. And then he goes on the offense with a lightsaber. And what do you do when he starts flipping towards you? You're counting the ceiling tiles. Look at the scene when this happens. When Palpatine kills Agent Kolar, he kills him first, by the way, and rightfully so. He's not even looking. Like, he's looking, like, up to the ceiling, like, in the corner, like, and then, oh, God, there's a Sith here. Really? Is that what is that what it is? Are we in are we in danger now? Honestly, Ugh. here's like so here's the deal with that. Um he was exactly the kind of Jedi I would be. And <laughs> that's why whenever hang on, I'm gonna explain this. Whenever people ask me, like, oh, if you lived in Star Wars, what would you be? It would not be a Jedi because I'm thinking about what I'm gonna have for lunch. And he was probably just like, hmm, I wonder what I'm gonna eat. And that would completely be me. Like not paying attention i i can't oh god my least favorite star wars character in all of star wars because you're a jedi master agent kolar is on the jedi council like you're top ring here and a sith lord just tornadoed towards you and you're like hmm this actually is a really nice office i've never been in here before oh god you know what he deserved it he deserved it i can't god you had one job you had one job you knew you were going there and the entire fate of the republic is in your hands and you're not even looking. That's what gets me. The fact that he's not even paying attention. I was like, did you not listen to the I am the... Sen- Do you not know what's going on right here? Like the biggest thing in galactic Can history? Not here. Like, he just said, I'm the Senate, and then flipped out a lightsaber you didn't even know he had. And then he turned it on. It's a yeah. red blade. And you're like, wow, this, this is a really nice... This is office. a really well-made office. <laughs> he deserved it. And mind you, I'm Jedi Brian. I, I adore the Jedi and everything they stand for. But I'm really glad he died. Like, what are you doing, man? Wow. Yeah. I think this is the most heated you've ever uh, been about something. Yeah, it's the one character in all of Star Wars that I just hate. Agent Kolar. God. All right. He wasn't even paying attention. So anyway. He, can... he was thinking about lunch. There's a Sith Lord that just torpedoed towards you with a lightsaber. I-, I wouldn't even notice if I was thinking about what I'm going to eat for lunch. I mean, you know what? I hope the lunch, so many I hope the lunch was cheese, worth it. Great sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you hear a Sith Lord making like, and you're like, turkey. <laughs> I really like to. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Do I want the bread toasted? God, you're getting toasted. <laughs> <laughs> he did get toasted, as I would have been toasted yeah. because I would so not. I can't, I can't stand Agent Kolar. Like, I get why the others died. You know, he stabs through Agent Kolar. He flips around really fast and kills Cissé 10. I'm like, okay, cool. I got it. It was really fast. You didn't see it coming. Got it. He's quick. Yeah. And then Kit Fisto at least blocks a couple and then gets cut. Okay, yeah, he's just a better duelist. I get yeah, That's him. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, the other two masters, at least you tried. You know, I get it. It's the Dark Lord of the Sith, like one of the most dangerous Sith in forever. I get it. But right. then Mace Windu's like, please, I don't think so. And he's yeah. awesome. And this great duel happens. 
and uh god it's so cool the the, the lockup sequence when they're like forcing each other over i'm like this is insane like dude dark yeah. lord of the sith and mace, mace windu is like no nah, game time and i really i really like this was going back to behind the scenes because you know oh, yeah. i am this was another cool little featurette because uh samuel jackson talked about what this meant for him to like play this character and have an actual like battle scene oh, yeah. and how he wanted to do like all his own stunts and stuff like that and obviously like ian mcdermott had a, a stunt mm-hmm. double um but he did a lot of the stuff himself and it's neat how they cut together the stuff with the stunt double so seamlessly uh like when his face is not showing and it's and it's showing uh mace windu's face that is a stunt double as palpatine and then when you are seeing his face obviously it's ian mcdermott but to make all of that stuff flow so well and you know not be super noticeable you wouldn't really even know that unless you watch the behind the scenes stuff um they just did a really good job with it and i love uh, i love that this scene is in palpatine's office because it's such a you know, confined space. It's not like there's all this space to run around and hide and throw things. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and, and Palpatine doesn't even go that low to throw things. He's just fighting him like a he man, is. you know, it's intense and just, just keeping it to the basics. He, he could have done a lot more stuff. Oh basically. yeah. But he like went um, for the visceral but, thing. And another like behind the, speaking of behind yeah. the scenes, like Samuel Jackson is a massive, like Japanese cinema and anime fan. So he's talked about how much mm-hmm. he loved that he could use a lightsaber in an actual like lightsaber duel, like old samurai that they were based off of. Mm-hmm. And Ian McDermott uh, hated it. He doesn't like sword fighting or anything because he's like a thespian actor. And to hear them talk about yeah. that was really funny. And then the little Easter egg, uh, the fact that Palpatine is using Anakin's lightsaber in the scene. Really? You didn't know this? I don't think I did. Dude, are you ready? So this goes back to Celebration 6. And the reason why Pablo Hidalgo is a hero of mine. Um, So I went to a panel. It was a prequel appreciation panel is what it was called. And it was Pablo Hidalgo and Kyle Newman, the director of Fanboys. And Pablo was just talking about different Easter eggs and different things from the movies that like people might not have uh, picked up. And he says, if you notice the scene between Palpatine and Mace Windu, every close-up shot, Palpatine is actually holding Anakin's lightsaber because it was originally written that Anakin was there during the altercation. And Palpatine used the force, grabbed Anakin's lightsaber, and fought them with Anakin's lightsaber. I did not know this. Yep. But then later on, they added a little insert of Palpatine flicking his wrist and then pulling out a gold lightsaber. But they didn't obviously didn't change that in the edit. So if you if you can pause episode three while they're fighting, anytime Palpatine brings his lightsaber up to his face when he's fighting Mace Windu, it's Anakin's lightsaber he's holding. Yeah. Yep. I asked Ian McDiarmid about it when I met him at uh, Celebration Orlando. And I was like, so I heard like, you know, there was this lightsaber and like you're holding Anakin's lightsaber. Like, where did where did you get your lightsaber? And he just goes, uh, no, I was holding mine. And I was like, I see what you're doing. You're covering mm-hmm. your bags. And then he goes, you know, I, I probably got it from the Imperial cupboard. And I was like, I see you, Palpatine. Wow, oh, jeez. I was like, I know the truth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Good for him, though. So so that's the spike goes down. Mace Windu does actually, uh, you know, disarm Palpatine, which is pretty great. But then... Anakin shows up. Yeah. And, uh, the, and it gets the moment... real emotional. This is probably my least favorite Anakin scene, to be honest. The, the moment that changed the entire fate of the galaxy? Yeah, I don't... Um, I'm going to be honest, I don't really care for the acting in this. Okay. Um, And this is one part of the movie that severely lacks for me. Okay. I can I can see where you're coming from in certain in certain bits. 
Yeah. This uh this was this was a big this this actually shows just how far Palpatine was willing to go mm-hmm. to turn Anakin in the fact that he would like force lightning himself. Mm-hmm. You know, to convince Anakin like, "Oh, I'm so weak. Uh, I I can't I can't go on." You know, and yeah. uh this was another thing that like Anakin came in at the wrong time because Anakin was not a part of the whole I am the Senate part. You know, mm-hmm. and that's why when he's like, "Oh, he needs to stand trial," and Mace Windu's like, right. "No, he has control of everything." Like, you yeah, don't... Windu's like, "Bro, we're past that point. We're yeah. at the last resort. We got to do this." Exactly. He's like, "You, Anakin, you, you I haven't still... been here." <laughs> exactly. You Shut up and help me. You don't know what he said. Like, you don't yeah. get it. The entire Republic, yeah. the Jedi Order, everything is at stake here, yeah. and Anakin is uh, only thinking about himself, only thinking about Padme, and uh, you know, yeah. well, I need him. Well. I mean, I, I get it. Because like you said, he wasn't there for that part of the convo. He hasn't seen how serious this is. Mm-hmm. He just walks in on the worst part of it. Yep. And, and Palpatine's playing it up. Oh, I'm weak. Oh. Exactly. And he probably doesn't even like Mace Windu to begin with because Mace has been such a jerk to him for all these years. So he's probably just like, dude, you're like... He, he probably thought Mace Windu was just like going to the extremes without knowing all the facts. Yep. And, and that's the thing. It's all context. You know, who yes. is seeing what, when, and from what point yes. of view. Right. And uh, that's that's what this was. He made the moment. And then, uh, you know, there's that. Anakin was like, you cray cray, Mace Windu. I'm going to take care of yeah. this. Yeah. And when he cuts his arm off, there's that split second of Palpatine just like smiling. He's like, ha, got him. Mm-hmm. And then. Yep. Uh, Hook, line, and sinker. God, it's so sad. And then it cha- yep. changes everything. And then he just gets up and he's like, ah, we're fine now. You know, I know. I, I do. I know. <laughs> Let me put my hood up yeah. now that I'm ugly. Exactly. <laughs> he's kind of like brushes himself off. Well, that was crazy. Did you now see? Now I'm officially a Sith Lord and I can look like one. Exactly. And I, I, what I love in this scene is uh, what they did to Ian McDiarmid's voice. Yes. They, very deep. Very deep. And like in between his words, uh, they add like a. Yeah. I was like, this yeah. is insane. <laughs> you know? It's so yeah. good. Henceforth, you shall be known as. Known as. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Vader. Yeah, it's so, it's so good. And uh, There's some mucus in there, bro. I know. Yeah. Feel <laughs> that oxide. Yeah. Crazy. Craziness. And then uh, the scene that breaks my heart. I cried in the theater. Uh, I've cried hundreds of times since. Uh, Order 66 happens. Wait, 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 wait. I think we should pause here. And this is why. Okay. So I think we can separate this discussion Ooh. into two parts based on Anakin and Vader. You know what I mean? Yes. Okay. So I think the second part of this, we can start with... Order 66? You know, Anakin becoming Vader, Order 66, and then continue the movie with that shift. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, because then we can have that discussion of when you think he becomes Vader Mm -hmm. or not. Mm -hmm. I like the way you think. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this can be like our ending point of this Revenge of the Sith discussion, but then we will have a part two. And I think the stuff for me, like that happens after this Mm -hmm. point, everything after Order 66, I have a lot more to say about as well. So I think the next show would also be as long as this one. Yeah. I'm into longer. it. We can do that. So, so, so okay. we're gonna we're gonna put a pin in it right there. So, Order sixty six mm-hmm. happens, and we'll talk about that at part two of the episode part three, two. prequel Defense Force. Yeah, yep. we just get warmed up. This is very exciting. So, so you know, with it no show exciting. notes, how was that? Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. 
I'm glad you went through it the way I go through things because it helped me stay organized. Oh yeah, I always do. So that's In how I brain. go. So yeah. where uh, where plug outlets, you know? Uh, so where can people find you on the internets? You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as the Dorky Diva. Um, my website is just thedorkydiva.com, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, and you can find me everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, whatever you can figure out, most likely, at Jedi Brian. Check out the interesting podcast on iTunes. Um, you can search Brian Balance. There's a uh, cabbage with headphones, not a brain. And <laughs> It's not a great brain. So check out there. I've got some uh, really exciting things. Uh, one was very blatantly mentioned in the show. Another one was hinted <laughs> at. Um, yeah, check out the uh, Dorky Diva Facebook group as well. Mm-hmm. We got cool stuff going on there. You can email us at the Dorky at Dorky Diva Show at gmail.com. That was close. Uh, we'll answer any questions that you send on the show. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash the Dorky Diva. And uh, for those that already are, we want to say thank you to Alex, Amanda, Anthony, Ben, Brian, nice name, Chris, Daz, Daryl, Enrique, Florian, Jamie, Jen Marie, Jim, Kristen, Michael, Cherie, Tom, and Sherry. Thank you for all of your patronage, and we super appreciate it because, uh, yeah, that's the kind of people that we are. So you can leave us an iTunes review as well. It does help. Um give us five stars the uh, star rating pushes us to the front of the itunes algorithm helps us uh be discovered much easier people can find us uh that way and uh i hope you've enjoyed the uh the first episode of the dorky dude show aka the (laughs) prequel defense force episode three we will be back with a part two it's gonna be redonk and um yeah (laughs) i think that's what i got I was doing so good. It's gonna be redonk. I love it. It really is, guys. It really is. So yeah, until next time. May the force. May be the force with be with you. you. <laughs> I started laughing before. <laughs>